0: I don't know if you have all your Christmas stuff put away yet, but in our, in our house, we're pretty much there. We're ready to hit the road running, <laughs> and we're, we're ready to hit the road running. My wife took care of all the inside stuff, and it's all pretty much put away. I took care of the outside stuff and then redid the garage. Everything's put away. Uh, my, my dear wife, she says, uh, can you put it where I can reach everything? So it, it was a great opportunity to then redo the whole garage, and I got to put up stuff and throw stuff away and all those things, and, but, but everything's kind of coming Everything's kind of coming down. The lights are up off the antenna. The big Santa Claus is gone. I bought one of those little dogs, big dogs, at a, a Home Depot. And it's all, it's all gone. It's all, it's all put away. And one of the things that, that, that we put away is a manger scene. And we've got one, and it, it's special for us. I'm sure you have things like that where you unwrap them and you put them out. And you set them in a special place. And every time you see it, you think of... Maybe the person who gave it to you, some of our things are generations old, and we have them uh, from grandmas and grandpas and those kind of things, and they're beautiful. We love them. But we put away the manger scene. And, and it, it, it always just seems to not be consistent with the story because the wise men were not there with the manger and all of those things. It was a couple years later down the road and the star. And, 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 when, the, and when the Magi moved out, man, they were, it was an entourage of people. It was a caravan and they had come from the east how far people don't really know but far enough to know that they were of a dif- different ethnic persuasion they were of a different religious persuasion it was just a whole different group of people so that when they came into a little town like Nazareth they were like what's going on it's like when the circus came to town in a little town and the train stopped and the elephants came in and it goes wow but when the magi were there when the wise men were there it was a whole the whole town of Bethlehem was you know, who, or town of Nazareth. Who is these who are these guys? Where'd they come from? What it's what is it all about? And so I don't know if you're gonna keep your manger scene up for two years to be historically accurate, but but the story of Jesus isn't just a moment in time, it's a it's an ongoing revelation of who God is for us in Jesus Christ and how he worked in the fullness of time and brought his son our Lord into into the world. And the wise men there in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, fulfilled the prophecy that Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 61 to 6 these words Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Sea darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth on the seas will be brought to you. To you the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah and all from Sheba will come. Bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Today's a, kind of one of those, like, like you have Christmas and Easter are the big holidays, and underneath it you have what's called Epiphany. Today is Epiphany Sunday, and it's the wise men, and it's the reality that the love of Jesus comes and is made clear to the rest of the world. It's not a little secret held in a Jewish vault in, in Israel. It's, it's, it's the gift of God to the world in Jesus Christ The baby born in Bethlehem wasn't just for a a little tiny ethnic group of people. It's for the whole world. And the word manifestation, epiphana'o, that that, that God makes clear to us that Christ is for us. For people sitting 2,000 years later in Southern California, Jesus Christ is a gift for us. And the story of Isaiah 60 and the story of Matthew chapter 2 leads us into that idea of the aha moment. The wise men came to Jesus and it must have been an aha moment for Mary and Joseph. I don't know if Mary looked at Joseph and said, are you going to order the pizza or my, but these are some big shot guys and they got to have something to eat. We can't have them just come into our house and chill out. We got to have something to eat, something to drink and all this stuff. I don't know if that was an aha for them, but the aha for the wise men was that they came to give gifts to Jesus, gifts of gold, of incense and myrrh. But the aha was that Jesus gave them a gift back that was bigger and grander than what they had given to him. He gave them a gift of peace. He gave them a gift of faith. He gave them a gift that sealed that God had not forgotten his people, but that God in Christ, in that little baby, had kept every promise he had made through Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zechariah, Zephaniah, and Malachi. Malachi. God had not forgotten his people, but he had remembered them. And I almost wonder if the the wise men looked at one another and shook their heads and said, you know what, this is great. We left gold and frankincense and myrrh, but we're taken off back to the east with a whole lot more than what we unloaded here in Nazareth. Because that's how God rolls. God always gives more than he takes. And he keeps giving and giving and giving. And sometimes that's the aha moment for us. We're going to go through some of those aha moments in the weeks ahead. Some are going to be very public, like Simeon and Anna in the temple. And you'll look and say, holy smokes, they made a spectacle. It was an aha moment, just not for them, but for the whole group of people worshiping in Jerusalem. And then there's going to be these quiet aha moments. One we're going to come to in a couple of weeks is Philip and Nathaniel sitting under a tree And Jesus creating an aha moment for an agnostic skeptic named Nathaniel, who, in that aha moment with Jesus, had his whole life transformed as he became a follower of the way of the Lord. One aha moment as another as we get into the new. The New Year. I'm, I'm excited about that. It's kind of fun for me because usually I lay it all out and this time Trevor lays it out. So when I get to do it, I, when I get to, to write the messages now, I get to get behind Trevor's mind, which is a little scary. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, that'll be an aha moment for me, right? Oh my God, aha! But it'll all work out really cool. And I think, I'm pretty sure, I'm confident, I'm convinced that through these Sundays you will grow in your relationship with God and in your connection. To other people. That's kind of the aha of being, being in church. Now, I don't know if you had aha moments throughout last year that you could go back and, and stream to them and say, you know what, Pastor, you're right. I've been thinking about that over the last 40 minutes, and here's my aha for this last year. The aha for the wise men was a huge aha. It was the reality that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Christ whom God promised. He was the one who was going to seal salvation and deliver salvation in the name of God. And then Jesus provided aha moments throughout his ministry where a sick person comes to him and aha, they're healed. Where a lost person in their life is intersected with Jesus and all of a sudden this conversation, it's aha, I'm connected, I'm made whole, I'm real. The aha moment is that Jesus in Matthew's, Matthew's gospel is the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures. Over and over and over again in the last weeks we've read, that happened that the scripture may be fulfilled. And as surely as Jesus is the Messiah, so too is he the Savior. The aha moment of being close to God is ours in Jesus Christ. The aha moments of sorrow and pain... They find resolution in Jesus and he brings forgiveness from God to us. I love that piece in the psalm I read earlier where he said he forgives the guilt of sin. Oh, man, do I hate guilt. What I really hate is for people to leverage guilt, right? You know, I did this for you, so you owe me. That's guilt. Or guilt is reminding someone of a past infraction. I know that we said we forgave this, but I still remember and I still drag you back to this. The aha moment of the gospel of of, of our Lord is that God doesn't play that negative, hurting, leveraging game. He removes guilt. If guilt is luggage, Jesus packs it away in an airplane and takes it to parts unknown, and it is lost and gone covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus and for someone who has had this oppressive guilt in their soul the aha moment may be that in the cross of Jesus that guilt is removed and that sin is taken far away Jesus is our savior who comes to bring forgiveness and take away guilt and the last aha of 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 the of the wise men and for us is that Jesus is Lord he ruled in 2019 You may look back at 2019 and say, man, that was kind of choppy and and, and rocky, but the Lord was in charge, and we lived 365 days under his grace, and for those who don't know Jesus or maybe have drifted from the Lord, he's yours today, here and now. He's waiting for you in that aha moment of 2020, and maybe you are the wise person who comes to make that, who's looking forward to that connection with the Lord Jesus. It's our Messiah, our Savior, and our Lord. And that's what the wise men had. Bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh, they gave those, but they took away so much more. And that's the reality of the text of Scripture from Isaiah 60 in Matthew chapter 2. I had some aha moments in the close of the year. In a congregation, we did all that surveying, and uh, we got all the results back in January, and my dear chairman of my congregation, Chris Victoria, who's here with his dear wife, he said, let's have a meeting the week before Christmas. Now, I don't have the option to say to Chris, no, I'm not having a meeting. He's my boss. I mean, yeah, he's my boss. He's smiling right now and grinning, but he's my boss. I have to do what he says, pretty much, unless it's heresy, and then it's all good. But he said, let's have a meeting. And I go, dude, we got to have a meeting. December 17th, come on, man. But, so we had a meeting. How long was it, Chris? Like two and a half hours? Yeah, yeah and it was awesome. One of the best meetings I've had in, in 20 years in this church as senior pastor, almost 30 as, as a servant here. One of the best meetings I ever had because it was filled with aha moments. Every time the researcher popped a, 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 another PowerPoint slide up on the screen, I'm like, aha, there you go. It's not just you. You're not thinking that. You're not the only one. There's 1,150 other people who are thinking what you're thinking. And then there were some of those aha moments that were painful because some of those comments and some of those things cut deep. One of the things that you said in that survey that was an aha moment for me as a preacher was that you want more Bible. How about that? Pastor, I want you to teach more directly from the Scripture. That's music to my ears. I'm trained to do that. But it's painful to, to hear. But sometimes those aha moments are a little bit painful. There were corporate pieces, things that we need to kind of figure out, things that that, that on and on we're, we're working on as, as, as a church. We need to follow up better on our visitors. By the way, welcome to our guests and visitors this morning. We're delighted that you're here. We owe you to do a better job of following up so that your morning at St. John's Orange is an aha moment and that you're connected into community in a way that is otherworldly, that, that you would leave and get in the car and go, wow, we were welcomed. We had a donut. We had coffee. This is great. And by the way, we saw Jesus at St. John's in orange. All of those pieces, the way that we love one another, the way that we serve one another, all of those things, they were aha moments for me and points of transition, sometimes away from things that I had long held sacred and thought, you know what, this is the way it's got to be but letting go of some of those and moving into new patterns of behavior and new patterns of doing things. One of the aha moments for me pushing into the new year was that over 90% of the people surveyed felt great about their spiritual lives and their connection to St. John's in Orange. That was a good aha for me. It warmed my heart and made me see both where to double down and the pathway to go into the future. See, that's how aha moments work. You're going this way, and then you go this way. Some of those for you in the new year are going to be wonderful. Your boss will call you in and say, you know what? We're going in a new direction. Here's your new goals. Here's your new target. Here's your opportunity. And by the way, here's your new office with your new assistant and your new life and your new expense account, and your wife's going to love you more, and your kids are going to be happier, and your whole life is going to be changed from this moment onward. But... (laughs) But you get the drift, right? And there's going to be those aha moments that are going to be painful. The boss calls you in and says, you know what? Your services are no longer necessary here. And then you adapt and you move with a sense of faith, commitment to the Lord, His hand guiding your life. It's interesting how we anticipate and respond to the aha moments. And as we move deeper into the new year, we're going to flesh that flesh that out for you more and more. But one of the things I like and appreciate about the wise men is the story starts here and goes to here. It starts wherever they started, it goes to a little place called Nazareth and then it has big reverberations throughout the whole world. To a degree, we as European people are I mean, Everyone who's not Jewish is here because of the wise men and the shepherds. Because God brought his love and his light to the very ends of the earth. That's what he does. He makes what we think something small into something huge. The birth of a baby transforms the world. What an aha moment for everyone who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord. Some of the best gifts have a way of doing that. I don't know if you've already done, you know, have you done all the returns and all that stuff? You've already done everything? Costco is the best for returning things. Do you have a receipt? No. I paid full price and I want cash back. Okay, here you go. Other place, you got to wrestle with the person to kind of make sure the gift is good. But I think the best gift that, that was purchased for that, that I gave to the family this year was a coffee maker. And I felt like a total king when I gave that coffee maker. I'm like... When I bought it, I threw it in the Costco cart just on a whim. I'm like, man, I got a little extra dough here, and I don't like the, you know, we'll make it nice. And so I threw this coffee maker in, and I wrapped it, and I put two Santa from dad and, you know, two, or two family, two of my roommates from Santa. And they opened it up, and and they're like, wow, this is great. This is great thanks a lot, a coffee maker, cool. And then I had also bought a 75 thing of Keurig pods and I wrapped it up and gave that and one person opened the coffee maker and the other person opened the pod and we had coffee. And we had gotten rid of our one that just made the carafe. We never had a single shot coffee maker and now we do. And it's the gift that keeps on giving. Because we don't have to make a big huge carafe of coffee and waste all of that in the afternoon or evening if you want a cup of decaf which we kind of like doing now as older people put your little thing in there you slam it down you push the button and you make a cup of coffee and you don't have to throw a bunch of stuff away and you have to do a bunch of extra work you just simply get to make your one shot of coffee and take your geritol and go to bed you know it works out great it just created a sense of warmth in our family it created a sense of togetherness as my daughter, my wife, and I kind of sit on the couch with a cup of decaf at 7 o'clock and watch whatever we're watching. You see, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It's not just about the coffee. It's not just about the, the pods. It's not just about that. But it, it gives back a little bit of relational collateral. It gives back a little bit of commonality. And it also allows you to have three cups of coffee before church on a Sunday. So if you see me bouncing by a pinball, you'll know that I haven't been in the decaf. Jesus is the gift that gives back more and more and more. Sometimes we invite him into our life and we say, we just want this little bit of you, Jesus. And Jesus says, but wait, I have so much more for you. Part of going into a new year is finding those moments where Jesus delivers so much more. He's the gift that keeps giving back to you. So I pray that you look into the new year with a certain amount of expectation and anticipation to see what the gift of Jesus will do in and through you. He changes our lives and provides those marvelous, marvelous aha moments. And I hope together as a church, as friends, as the body of Christ, as disciples of the Lord Jesus, that we look forward to sharing those aha moments together and seeing how and where the Lord leads us.